So, so this morning, if you're here and um, you've, we've, been, we've announced this for a while, we've talked about this for the last couple of months, and if you're here and, and you're ready to be baptized, uh, we'll, at the end of the service, we'll take about 15 minutes and then, and then do our baptismal. And uh, if you're here today and you hear the word I have and you want to be baptized, just come in the clothes you came in or run and get some clothes or whatever you want to do and line up and you can be water baptized. But we're dedicating this whole day to the revelation of water baptism, understanding it. And, and I, I believe today that whether you get baptized or not, you say, well, I've been baptized before. Well, I've been baptized three times. <clears throat> it took three times for it to stick. <laughs> That's funny. I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> Um, but actually, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that you can do it as you do communion. As often as you get water baptized, do it in remembrance of what he accomplished because of what it gives you and what it, what it provides for you. But I believe that you're going to hear something today that maybe you've never heard before and leave here with greater revelation to in, in remembering when you've been baptized in water or if you do it again if you're water baptized today, that you leave here with a greater empowerment to overcome the obstacles and the issues that you face. So just follow with me today in, in the scriptures that I have. Um, the, the first thing that I want to look at is, in, in regards to this, <clears throat> is the word sin. And um, I, I think that I think that we have a gross misunderstanding of what sin is today on this side of the cross, and what mentally what when we when we misappropriate and misunderstand what something is. You can think that it's something that it's actually not. And it can, it can work against you and affect you in a real negative way. <clears throat> when, when we think of sin, we, well, not we, I, I, may, maybe you don't. I'll just say, what, I, I feel like that most people, when they think of sin, they think of something that's bad. If you commit adultery, you've sinned. So in other words, adultery is a sin. Or if you, you know, if you got drunk last night, I don't know, I'm just thinking of just different things that people can think of as a sin. But actually on, on, on this side of the cross, th those are certain actions, but it's, it's the heart behind the action. Because if, if one person does something and, and, and they do something in life and it's not right, it's wrong, and they do it, but yet they have no understanding that it's wrong, I'm talking about in God's eyes, then how could something be sin if they don't know anything about it? So long story short, just to get to where I want to go with this today, I believe that sin is defined in Scripture as disobedience. 
I believe what Jesus did on the cross is he died for all those acts of sin. So in other words, if you find yourself, if you hear word preached and it brings conviction to your heart about something, and and you realize that you've been doing something in your life that maybe is not pleasing to God, and you come to that understanding and then you grow in that understanding of that, before you got that revelation, you were already forgiven. Because he died so that you would be forgiven for every act that's ever been committed or that ever will be. Sometimes you'll hear something on a news channel and you'll hear some report of some horrible thing and your mind thinks, I never even heard of something like that. He died for it. No matter what's happened or what someone's done to someone else, Jesus died that we would be forgiven. And so so we're empowered in that. But when we understand the salvation plan, John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, a man must be born again or born a second time. And when we're born a second time, we're born spiritually, what begins to happen to us, something changes in us, and what changes is that our spirit that has been dormant until we got born a second time becomes alive. Our spirit was there, but through Jesus Christ and through the Spirit of God, now it's alive. But what doesn't change is the way you think. And today, as people are baptized in water, and I'll just say it like this again, as as often as we do something like this, we need to do this in remembrance of what this accomplished. See, if you just get water baptized, but you have no understanding of what this accomplished for you, then you can be water baptized, you can get born again, and if your thinking never changes, then you'll never change. You can be born again. And he paid the price, and you're forgiven, but if you don't feel forgiven, and if you don't walk around like you're forgiven, and if you don't live your life desiring to do what pleases him, not what other people think about you. I don't care what you do today. I don't care what you do today. There's no human being on planet earth that is your judge. Only God. He said, leave all the judging stuff that you think is so vitally important day to day that you think you're called to do, leave it to me. He said, I'm better at it because when he looks at you, he looks at you through the blood of Jesus. (laughs) You're forgiven. You're already delivered. He loves you. He cares for you. It doesn't matter what you've ever done. It doesn't matter what type of of issues or lifestyle that you've ever encountered. It doesn't matter about any of it. All that matters is your connection with him. Amen. Amen? So to understand water baptism, you have to separate between soul and spirit. Jesus died for us spiritually. We are in a position of being forgiven, delivered, sitting on top and being connected with him. But soulishly, we have to be being saved in our soul, our mind, will, and emotions every day. The Bible says we must learn to die to thoughts every day and come alive with new thoughts and take possession of those thoughts and make those thoughts our own. Because if you don't, 
then you'll live your life feeling like your lifestyle or things that you've done in the past disqualify you from living and existing and and being empowered in the kingdom that God has put all of us in. Everybody sitting, if you're here today and you're breathing, you've been created in the image of God. And God didn't make a mistake with you. I don't care who you are or what you think you've done in the past or how people have said things about you or about your life. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm telling you, God loves you. He accepts you just like you are. But what he wants is you to think like him. And that's what I believe water baptism should mean to people. One day, we, we used to just have a class instead of making it a whole service. I had a class one day, and a lady came up to me and said, my five-year-old son wants to be water baptized. And I said, okay, just let him sit through the class, and I'm going to ask him a couple of questions afterwards. And so he sat through the little class and ate Cheerios and played his little game and whatever. And at the end of it, I asked him a couple of questions. Not, not to put him on the spot, it was just him and his mom. And I asked him a couple of questions, and he couldn't answer those questions. I said, well, the deal is there's no reason for him to be water baptized until he, until he begins to have an understanding of what it means. We'll dedicate him, we'll pray over him, we'll put water on him, we'll sprinkle him, we'll do whatever you want to do with, with him, but this isn't water baptism because water baptism is done through revelation. And when you realize that when you go in the water and you come up out of the water, you come out of it empowered to accomplish things that you couldn't accomplish otherwise. And you carry the visual and the experience of touching that water and coming out of it, you carry it with you wherever you go. And it should empower you. And today, when you leave here, if you're not being water baptized, or maybe you, in the service you'll decide to be, or you won't, but you remember when you're water baptized, I believe every day of your life you'll, you'll think about and remember the day that you were baptized and, and what that represents should empower you in a greater way, day by day, for the rest of your life. Amen? Now, just a couple of verses of Scripture Um, Mark chapter uh, 16. This is, account, this is an account of one of the last things that Jesus said before he, he left the earth. This is Mark's account of what Jesus said before he left. Verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. <clears throat> and, and where is he condemned? Is God condemning him? No. God already set it up for you to connect with him <clears throat> and for you to be born a second time, you have to believe in him. And he who believes in him and is baptized or immersed in that revelation will become everything that God created you to be. So if Jesus was baptized, we need to be baptized. He was baptized in the River Jordan. He comes up out of the water. Father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And he was empowered from that moment on to overcome every obstacle and every temptation of the enemy. And I'm telling you today, you're no different. Look at your neighbor and say, you are no different. Tell somebody that. You're no different. Come on, say it out loud. I'm no different. 
I'm telling you today, we're no different. He came up out of that water. He was pleasing to God. People get born again. They come up out of the water. They're pleasing to God. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new. And we're empowered to overcome every obstacle and situation that we face. Every time the enemy tells you you're a loser and you'll never amount to anything. No, no. I, I, okay, maybe I've been a loser in days past. Maybe I've made these mistakes. Okay, as we talked about last week, we'll agree with our adversary about those kind of things. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Yeah, I've made mistakes. But my mistakes are forgotten of in God. And I choose to forget them and lay them down. And I choose to press on and move forward and receive my forgiveness. And I am empowered today to overcome. That's what baptism represents to you. Amen? Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> and this is, a, this is a pretty lengthy story, but I'm not going to read it all today. Um, where am I going to go to? Well, let's just real quickly read from verse 26. Now, angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert. So he went, he arose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopian, a eunuch of, of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and came to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him. Philip anointed, had, had some amazing speed because he overtook this chariot. And heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, as he's running, you know, he's overtaking him and he's hearing him read the prophet Isaiah, right? And he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. And the place in the scripture which he, was, which he read was this. He was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who, shall, who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? The answer to that was nothing. And this man was baptized. Jesus was preached to him. He got born again. And he was baptized. I just want you to see in scripture this account after account after account of where Jesus was People were born again, and then they were baptized as a result of it. So when we get born again, if, if a person gets born of the Spirit of God, and the next day they die and leave planet Earth, and they, weren't, and, and they didn't have the opportunity to get in water and have the opportunity to carry this thing with them. You know, I've, I've heard people tell me, you know, if you're not water baptized, then you don't go to heaven. I mean, it's just, it, it's absurd. It, this is not... This doesn't seal what Jesus did spiritually. This is a picture of what he did spiritually that will work for me soulishly. I'm going to say it again. This is not 
the ceiling of what he did for me spiritually. He did for me spiritually what he did, and now this is something I can carry with me to overcome every negative thought that tells me that what he did was not enough. Can you say amen? I'm telling you today, we have something in the form of water baptism. We've got many, many tools, but I'm telling you, we can't overlook what water baptism represents and what it was created to be for us. When Jesus came out of the water in the River Jordan, he was led by the Spirit for 40 days and he was tempted by the enemy over and over and over and over again. And in his temptation, I believe, it doesn't say this, but I'm saying I, I believe this happened to him. I believe that he remembered coming up out of the Jordan in those times of temptation and he remembered the words of his father. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit and he went about and he did the things that he was called to do. And in those times of temptation, he overcame every situation. Bible doesn't say we don't enter into times of temptation, but when we do, the same power that he had is the same power that's in us, and if we'll allow this word to renew our minds and we change the way we think, then we can be on top of every situation and not just be underneath it and be like a, you know, a prisoner to the enemy that's hammering us and telling us that we can't do what God says we can do. I'm telling you, you can do everything that God says you can do. If he said it in his word, then it's for you. Amen? We have a right to it. Now, I want you to look at this verse, and then we're going to end with Romans 6. Look at 1 Peter 3 first, and then we'll go to Romans 6. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. I'm going to actually read this out of the Amplified, verse 21 of 1 Peter 3. And baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fear. Listen to me. Listen to this. This is powerful. Actually, it's on the screen. I'm just going to read it. And baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fear, not by the removing of outward body filth or bathing, but by providing you with the answer of a good and a clear conscience, inward cleanness and peace before God, because you're demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Someone shout amen. amen. We just got to read that again. Woo! And baptism, which is a figure. Again, baptism is not the salvation. The Bible says you confess with your mouth as a result of believing in your heart and you're born a second time. The spirit that's on the inside that you were created with becomes alive. It's like a, it's, your spirit man was like a balloon that was with no air in it. And the moment the Holy Ghost came on the inside of you, your human spirit was, 
what, what, the, the, it, was, it was like air into a balloon, and it expanded, and it be, and became life. And now you have access to God day to day in a connection that you didn't have before you were born again. Even though you were created in the image of God, until you made confession with your mouth as a result of believing in your heart, nothing happened. So baptism is not that. But baptism, which is a figure of your deliverance, because of it representing going in the water, dying that death, coming up out of the water in the newness of life, it's a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fear. Man, the only power that the enemy has over your life, the only power that he has. The Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Well, why does it look like on planet earth that he's not destroyed? And I'll tell you one reason, the mind of man. That's how powerful that, that mind is. It can be used for good, it can be used for destruction. So all those inward questionings and fears that come to our mind Baptism is saying, when you go in the water, in other words, when you make a confession and you begin to believe that Jesus did everything that the Word says that He did, and you come up out of the water, you come out of it in the newness of life. And what it does is it, it gives you the power to deal with the inward questionings. Because he, here's the thing, and, and I heard somebody say this years ago and it really, really stuck deep in, in my spirit. And, and they said, you know, people are so focused, human beings are so focused on the acts of sin or the acts of, of, of things that are not right. We get so focused on that. But what hinders people is the, the effects of those things. When, you, when you're walking, when you're living in your life, and you're, you're living and doing things that are not pleasing to God, but you don't know that they're not pleasing to God. You don't know the effect that that has against your mind and your body and your emotions and your day-to-day -day life. You don't realize what that does. You don't realize how it hinders you from being able to see clearly. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever tried to watch a, a 3D movie without 3D glasses? Huh? That's kind of like what it is. Then all of a sudden, one day you get born again and you begin to meditate. In other words, what I'm telling you today, taking a scripture like this right here and breaking this down, in, in, the, in the first 10 or 12, 15 years that I was born again, I would see a verse of scripture like that and, and you ask my wife, I'd go home and spend hours on that verse. What the heck does that mean? It doesn't even make any sense to me. He said one thing, but I, I'm not getting it. It's not, I'm not comprehending it. No comprendo. Amen? And I mean, it just wasn't sinking in, and I would, I would study it, and I would go over it and over it and over it. And, and then one day, something else was said, or something happened, and all of a sudden, it just kicked in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That baptism in that swimming pool that I took, now I realize, now, now I see. See, but it didn't just, it, I didn't just read a scripture or hear one message and it was delivered to me on a silver platter. I had to dig it out. I had to go for it and make it become mine and become real. And now, now when, when 
when there's inward questionings and fear and the enemy coming and saying, you know, will God really do that? I mean, come on, you know. I mean, you know, pastor said that, but God's not going to really prosper you like that. I mean, he's not going to heal your body. You need to go do all this other stuff. It doesn't mean you can't do other natural things for your body. But God won't heal your body. I mean, that's just, a, that's just some metaphor. You know, it's, it's not reality. It's not real in Scripture that by his stripes we're healed. That's not real. All these questionings come to your mind. But listen, all those questions can come today, but I've been in this thing for too long, and I spent too much time, and I'm convinced I'm healed. I'm prosperous, and it doesn't matter what it looks like. I can be dealing with something and see certain natural circumstances. What I see is not the final and end result. What God says is the end result. Can you say amen to that? What God says is the final authority that settles everything in my life. And that's what baptism means to me. These inward questionings and fear, not by the removing of outward body filth or bathing, but by providing with you the answer of a good and a clear conscience, inward cleanness and peace before God, because you are demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm demonstrating it every day. I'm taking those thoughts captive and doing what God wants out of my life and not what others try to put on me. That doesn't mean you don't have friends or people around you that encourage you in those kind of things. But there comes a time when I I can't do something just because it's going to please someone else. I've got to do it because it pleases God. Amen? Romans 6, and we'll end with this passage. Romans 6 and verse 1. So, as we read this, just a few verses out of here, let me ask you this question. How important... And I don't, I don't want an answer from you. I want you to answer it yourself as you leave here today. How important is baptism? How important is water baptism to the victory that you experience in your life day to day? I, I have to say that some of you sitting here today, you didn't, you, you, you may not have thought that it was that important. You may not have thought coming in here today that water baptism was that important. And when you heard I was preaching on water baptism, you probably thought, oh my gosh, I've been water baptized. Why why is he preaching on water baptism? Because you need it. And even if you're not going in the water today, you need to see yourself going in the water. You need to see yourself that everything is left in the tank. Everything is left here in the grave. And as you came up out of the water, You came up in the newness and the freshness of life. And now, I want to read these few verses just to support that. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Or shall we continue in known obedience that grace may abound? No, no, because it doesn't work that way. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Or do you not know that as many uh, of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. 
See, what happens is, to answer the first question, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. He said, he said in verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Why should sin not continue in, in our lives, even though we've been saved by the grace of God. Why should sin not continue? Because what he produced for me was power in my soul to really believe that what the word says is true is true. And water baptism is that, that, that sign, that remembrance, that visual, that feeling that I have coming up out of the water that, you know what, I didn't... I, I didn't go down in the tank and they leave me down there and I drowned. I went down in the water, I left old things in the past, and I come up out in the newness of life. Now, how often should I be aware of that? Just the day that I was water baptized, if you were water baptized 25 years ago, just, just remembering that day? No, what happened that day should live with you every day. That old things are passed away and behold, everything is brand new every day. Every day that you go through something and you struggle through something and you didn't have a good day the day before and the enemy tries to come with those questions and tell you, you know what, your attitude yesterday disqualifies you from the blessing and the promises of God. Well, should grace continue to work on my behalf even when I screw up like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, if I believe what happens here, which is just a result to what happened, that we see happen from the word that Jesus did at Calvary, if I believe that every day, then that stuff won't stay. See, those things don't stay because that's not what pleases my Father. See, as I've, as I've dug out scriptures through the years, what's happened is the scriptures become this living book. They become this living letter. It becomes something that's between me and him. And now what matters in my life is what he thinks about what I do. See? Then I'm not under this struggle and this strain to try to do what's right. Well, Pastor, I'm trying. I've had to get that word try out of my vocabulary. Do or don't do. Right? We've got to be doers. And, and doing is just every day. You know what? And at the end of your day, if you can just find something positive that you did in that day, it doesn't matter how ugly the rest of it looks, focus on that positive thing that you did. Because the more you focus on the positive, I'm not talking about being in denial of the things that you need to deal with. But listen, there's certain days when you're not required to deal with certain things that maybe your neighbor is. Don't be judging someone based on what you think should be working in their life because of how God's dealing with you. Make sure it's working right in you. Because God will deal with us usually one thing at a time. So for me to change and become what pleases Him has now become a lifestyle after 37 years. Now it's something that I want. It's not something I have to do. And there were some struggles and some strains in getting to the place where I wanted to do it. But listen, it's all worth it. No matter how much we have to struggle, as long as I stay with him and stay connected to this and stay connected to the revelation day to day that this produces for me, 
the devil can't win. Because if he can't convince you in your mind that you're a loser, then you're a winner. Come on. We can do it. Can you shout amen? amen? Verse 12, therefore, do not let sin, what is sin defined as? Disobedience. Do not let disobedience reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lusts. So, so what, whatever, you know, whatever the lust is, the thing that we would obey, that would kind of become a God instead of obeying God. Isaiah 1 and verse 19 says, whoever is willing and obedient, whoever is willing and will obey will eat the good of the land. If he's willing and obedient. And the key to this is found, if you'll put up Colossians 3 and verse 5, I just want to read that, and it's in the New, New American Standard Translation. Do you have that for me? There it is. And, and all, all, all I want to look at is just the first part of that verse. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Is my hand dead? Is it? Is my hand dead? No. He said, consider it. Are my eyes dead? Just consider that they're dead. Are my ears dead? Am, am, I, am I dead to my five physical senses? No. But consider it that way. Because your five physical sense realm is what gets us in trouble, but our five physical sense realm is what leads us to victory through soul salvation on a day-to-day -day basis. So consider the members of your earthly body as dead. He said in verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. How? By considering the members of your earthly body as dead. Verse 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Now, verse 14, and I'm done. And verse 14 is the key. It, it, it is the key to the process. It's the beginning of the process, but it's the key to the process. And verse 14 says this. For sin, I'm saying this over myself right now, sin, disobedience, shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not under the law, but I'm under grace. Did you hear me? Does grace go out the door because there's things that I don't understand and I'm not doing it all right? Absolutely not. That's why grace is there. None of us deserve it. Right? But the key to it is it starts right there with me. Sin, disobedience, will not have dominion over me. Why? Because I'm born of the Spirit of God. I went in the water. I left all the past in the past. I raised up out of the water like Jesus raised up on the third day. And now my soul, my mind, my will and emotions are not giving in to disobedience. I'm living in victory. And I don't care how many days you have to walk something out to get the victory. You stay with it. 
through the power of what that says right there, you stay with it with the remembrance of what happened in that tank. You stay with it day after day until it becomes revelation. Listen to me. And if you stay operating like this right here and what I'm talking about today, and you stay adamant about those kind of things, there's no going back to anything. Well, yeah, but what if I slip back into it? it it'll be if you don't, if you choose to get to a certain point and then back off. Listen, life and death, whether I live in life on earth or I live in death and destruction, is based on what I choose to do. What I choose to say and then what I choose to do with what I say. He's already produced it all he's already put it out there for us it's at our disposal it's it's there's nothing less left but me to be not a trier but a doer amen either do or don't do do or don't do is 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 the issue so i just choose to be a doer even when i don't feel like i am i'm a doer i'm a doer sin does not have dominion over me. I am not disobedient. And I always say that after an act of disobedience. Right after an act of disobedience, that's what comes out of my mind. I hear, I hear it all the time. And you know what? When I say that, because you know, I've preached this many times, I say that, and then what do I think about? I don't think about that tank because I haven't been baptized. I think about a swimming pool in McAllen, Texas on 1st Street. I'm not making light of it. I'm telling you, it's real. It's power. Because the devil, one thing about the devil is he is faithful. He is faithful and he'll come after you and wear you out and beat you up and kill you and not give, not think another thing about it. And try to tell you this is okay and that's okay and you can act like this and do all. He'll tell you all that kind of stuff and let you just sow seed after ugly seed after ugly thing and ugly thing in yourself. And he'll keep you and lead you to a place of destruction. All the time, having this at your disposal. All the time, having everything that this says at your disposal. And yet not receiving it and not walking in it. I'm telling you today. Man, this is the greatest day ever to be alive. Huh? It's the greatest day ever for, the, for, for humanity to be alive. And I tell you, out there, and you listen to the news all the time, and the news is trying to tell you it's, it's horrible. All kinds of horrible things are going on. How many know that there is? But the Bible's real clear about that. The Bible said, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will be on the people. But God. Hmm? But God on me. God arising on the inside of you and me is what the answer for the world is.